My entitled cousin demands his dying mother rewrite her will so he gets his fair share after living rent-free in their home for four decades. I have a trashy cousin whom we will call Chad. That is also not his real name, just for reference. If you had a dictionary and looked up the word entitled, Chad's picture would sit next to the definition. Here's what happened. He found out that his mother had stage 4 throat cancer, and there was nothing the doctors could do to help her at that point. So naturally, his response was to get angry when she asked his youngest sibling to come take care of her during her final days. His father had a stroke years ago, and this sibling would be given the house after their mother died to be able to continue caring for his dad. Chad was furious that the house wasn't going to be sold, and that he wouldn't get his fair share from the sale. To lay some background, Chad was over 45 years old, never lived outside his parents' home, expected his mother to cook, clean, do his laundry, etc., without paying a single dime towards rent, utilities, or anything. He spent the money he earned on whatever he wanted, usually food, hence his huge size of being over 400 pounds. When he found out that his mother wasn't going to change her will and was going to give the house and everything to his younger sibling, he threatened to burn the house down after barricading the exits from outside so that no one could get out. He thought he had the police in his town in his back pocket, but when my mom heard the threat, she got his mom to record what was said. When it was played back to the police department, they had no clue who Chad was and promised if anything like that happen at the address given, he would be the first to be arrested. To show how grateful this cousin was, he went out and got dinner for the family at a fast food place and then stood over his mom in her hospice bed with his hands out until she paid him back for dinner, most of which he ate since his father eats hardly anything and his mother was fed through a tube into her stomach because she couldn't swallow any more due to the throat cancer. When she passed away, it took way too long for his sibling to get out of the house, but he finally left and found his own place. And fortunately, this is where some karma comes back to bite him. He was working somewhere that they would direct cars where to go, and the poor older man in the car he was motioning hit the gas instead of the brake and slammed Chad into the parked car behind him, messing up his legs from the knees down. A few months later, he was back in the hospital because his diabetes was out of control and he hadn't taken care of his legs like he should have. They almost had to amputate them at the knees, but the doctors were good at their job, and they saved his legs. Now he got a huge settlement from where he worked and can afford to have his whims cater to still. And yes, I know what you're thinking. I'm coming off as mean for wanting him to lose his legs. But he needs to know what his mother felt, the helplessness she experienced in her final days. While he sat in his room doing absolutely nothing, he was a horrible brother to his younger sibling and a terrible cousin. So he deserves to suffer for his give me what I want because I want it now attitude. I am completely no contact with him and his oldest brother because they are absolute scum. The fact the other siblings turned out to be productive and wonderful humans is due to their wonderful mother's love and teaching. I miss her every day. She was like a second mom to me, who explained all the things mine didn't in order to protect me from the evils of all sorts of situations. But overall, I miss her with all of my heart and wish she was still with us. This cousin Chad is an absolute piece of garbage. And worst part about it is, I know people like this, where they have no interest in doing anything productive with their lives, they don't contribute to society in a meaningful way, and they treat their family like garbage. I can't get over the fact that he would stand over his mother asking for money back for the food that he had gotten them, despite the fact that the mom couldn't eat it because she was being fed through a tube. I mean, what kind of person does that to their family? I don't blame his parents for writing him out of their will. I would not want that 45-year-old man to stay in that house after I passed away. There's no way I would allow that to happen. And while I'm not a fan of wishing people ill will, it is interesting how he ended up having almost a very similar situation to what his mom had, with his multiple trips to the hospital and also almost 
almost losing his legs. If karma really is a thing, then this was karma's attempt at humbling Chad. But from the sounds of it, it doesn't look like he got humbled, but instead got a huge paycheck from the settlement and can now pretty much act like however he wants without any negative financial repercussions, which is unfortunate. But overall, I don't blame this person for cutting that cousin out of their life. And I really am sorry that they lost their aunt, who clearly meant so much to them. My boyfriend has been lying about going to the gym, so I'm not sure if my boyfriend forgot, but we each have each other on Life360. We both often go out with our friends late at night and have kept this app in case we can't get a hold of each other. We get notifications when the other person leaves and arrives from certain places and have agreed that this isn't something that makes either of us uncomfortable. When I'm at work, my boyfriend will tell me he's going to the gym, then leaves me on red for hours, then texts me back that he's back from the gym and will have an entire conversation as though he's gone to the gym. Some days I never get a notification that he leaves or comes back, so he'll just be sitting there at home. Some days he will leave and go to some random place and will go back home 30 minutes later. I'm not sure what he's doing or why he feels the need to lie to me, but I'm worried that if I bring it up, he's going to think I'm stalking his location. But honestly, I really just go based off the notifications. And every now and then when he's left me on read for a few hours, I'll check to make sure he's okay. But he's never at the gym like he says. Some days he'll tell me he's going to go a second time. Then he'll actually be at the gym that second time. But when I'm working, he never actually goes. I ended up FaceTiming him on my lunch break and he didn't answer my first two calls. Then he called back sitting outside out of breath and said he was doing push-ups. I asked him how the gym was and he admitted he didn't go, but that he was going after we got off the phone. I was getting ready to ask him about the house and he said he had to go because his pre-workout was making him itchy. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll talk to you later. He messaged me saying he found my debit card in his back seat. And I told him I'd get it whenever I see him next. And he instantly said I had some kind of attitude with him. We started an argument and while I was left here confused, he said he had things he needed to focus on and hasn't messaged me since. What is going on? I think you need to kindly remind him that you have an application that tells you exactly where he is and isn't, and that you know for a fact that he has not been going to the gym when he said he's going to the gym. I mean, sure, maybe he'll have the excuse of, oh, well, I left my phone at home, but like, it just doesn't seem right that he's saying this and then like not following through with it. Like, why would you say that you're going to the gym and then lie and just stay home or then go out and get something to eat? Like, that's such a weird specific thing to lie about. And why would you make up these lies to your girlfriend? It just seems super sketchy. I'm not going to jump to conclusions that he's doing something wrong, like cheating or anything else, but I don't blame this lady for being a little bit suspicious of what her boyfriend is actually doing. It's not fair for her to be left guessing, and it doesn't sound like she's using this app to try and stalk him or anything like that. It sounds like she had a genuine curiosity and just wants to know what's up, which I think is a normal expectation in a relationship. Communication is key, and it looks like this guy is not communicating properly, and it sounds like he's not telling the total truth. Hopefully things get worked out and you're able to find the answer to this and work out whatever issues are currently going on between the two of you. Today I messed up by oversleeping and missing a class. So I'm a medical scribe and before I can start working in an office, I have to start taking some classes to pass an exam. Well yesterday I ran out of time on the practice scenario for the second class and I didn't complete it, so I didn't get credit for the class. I was going to retake it this morning at 8 o'clock. However, I was up until 4 o'clock in the morning with allergies. I live in Kentucky and when the seasons change, the pollen is really, really bad. Cold and allergy medicine is available on the shelves instead of behind the counter and I'm allergic to nearly everything outside. I took a lot of different medicines and nothing was helping. I was extremely nauseous. My throat was incredibly dry and it kept feeling like everything was closing up. My nose was full of blood. My ears were itchy. I kept sneezing. I felt feverish. Even though I didn't have a fever, everything was really bad. Eventually, I finally did get to sleep not long after I put my humidifier on. I got up at 6 in the morning 
morning, took my medicine, and laid back down. And then I slept through my 7 o'clock alarm. It's also worth noting that I have delayed sleep phase syndrome and have to set a pre-wake up alarm two hours before I actually have to get up. Obviously, with going to bed at 4 in the morning and having to get up at 6 in the morning, there was no pre-wake up alarm. Luckily, I was scheduled for my class for tomorrow along with the exam. The first class is at 3.30 in the afternoon, so I'll get plenty of sleep tonight. And my manager said if I have any other problems, we'll just have to make another date to make up the work. Hopefully, that doesn't need to happen. Boy, have I been there. I once had a final at 9 o'clock in the morning, and I slept in until 8.45 in the morning. And it takes 30 minutes for me to get to the school I was going to. I barely made it in time and ended up having to lie and say that I got a flat tire, just so they would let me in for my final exam. Which, by the way, was for most of my grade. So I completely understand where this original poster is coming from, where they're just trying to make it to do their test or whatever they're doing, but they can't get there because they overslept. So next time, maybe set up like three or four alarms like I have to do. That way you won't sleep through them and you'll absolutely make it on time. Today I messed up by spending way too much money on clothes. I am not the kind of person who spends a lot on clothes or who buys often. I buy a lot of my clothes secondhand, and even if I don't, I try to keep the bill under $100. I was working as a teacher for a while, so I had to change a lot of the stuff I wear, also that it could be more appropriate. I quit not too long ago, so I'm stuck with a bunch of clothes that don't fit my style at all. I went to check on the older clothes I had and realized I hadn't had any bras for most of them. Some were backless, others were strapped strapless or one-shouldered. A lot of them were off-shoulders. So I thought, I'll buy some bras and make it work. But then I thought, well, maybe I should buy some shoes too. I would need that if I'm going to wear them with the dresses. Then I thought, some track suits would be cool to go to the gym with and to wear at home since I don't have any. And I think you see where this is going. So eventually, several dresses, shoes, corsets, jackets, bras, handbags, skirts, you name it. I purchased all of these and my bill was $600. And I just paid for it. I have never in my life spent so much on clothing. Granted, I did buy 50 plus items, including some shoes and a strapless bra. But still, it's the most I've ever spent on clothes. I mean, it's the most I've seen anybody spend on clothes ever. On the plus side, though, I'm covered for a while when it comes to clothes. But to be honest, I'm completely ashamed of myself. I showed my boyfriend the items that I bought, but I haven't told him yet how much I spent. And I think he'll go crazy once he finds out. So wish me luck. $600 is a lot of money to spend on clothes, but if he got the money to spend spend it, go for it. I am all about self-care and sometimes buying something for yourself is a great feeling as long as it's within reason. I do agree that the boyfriend is probably going to freak out once he sees a $600 bill that went along with getting all those clothes, but hopefully it should just be a fun little exchange. And to top things off, it looks like the original poster says that they bought these all online and from where she bought them from, she wouldn't even be able to return them for the full amount if she wanted to. So no matter what, it looks like she's stuck with all the clothing that she bought. She also goes on to explain that it's her money that she spent, so she didn't spend anybody else's money. This all came from her bank account. So overall, this is just a fun story, and hopefully the boyfriend doesn't freak out over it. Today I messed up by accidentally stabbing myself. We have two little kids at home, so dinner time can be quite chaotic and busy. Kids running around, lots of screaming and shouting, little acts of violence, that kind of thing. I was in the process of cutting up some chops into bite-sized little pieces for the little ones, so I had a relatively large knife in my hand. This is important, as this is the very knife that I did most of the stabbing. My wife walks into the kitchen and asks me to hand her a cup from the cupboard. These cupboards are above my eye level and have sliding doors, which can be quite frustrating to use, especially if you're in a hurry and trying to figure out these sliding doors. Anyways, I pass her the cup, but still have the knife in my hand. I reach back up to the cupboard so that I can close the sliding door, but in doing this, I jam my finger between the two doors, and this is where things start to go wrong. As a reaction to getting my finger jammed between the two doors, with the knife still in hand, I jerk back as quickly as I can, and I stab myself in the chest 
chest in the process, right in the peck. Again, I react quickly and jerk the knife out of my chest. At this point, I have no idea what the damage is, but I'm stressing. I feel hot. I want to throw up. I think I might go to the bathroom in my pants if you catch my drift. I stumble backwards, but manage to apply a lot of pressure with my left hand. I take a second to compose myself. I gingerly look down at my chest as I take my hand away. There's a lot of blood, and all of a sudden, I don't feel so good. At this point, I really want to pass out, but I just kind of lie against the wall and make grunting noises while my wife calls the ambulance. The ambulance says that they are about 15 minutes away, so we are just hanging tight. My wife, being the champ that she is, is trying to keep the kids away from their dad bleeding on the floor. At this point, we kind of establish I am not in mortal danger, just kind of injured. I am still quite bleak, but all of a sudden, I hear my wife from the next room say, Just eat your beans. I just love how my wife managed to successfully feed the kids in between all of this. Our friend shows up before the ambulance does, so he takes me to the hospital. Now, I am trying to explain to the nurses and the other hospital folk that I managed to stab myself in the chest, but no one is buying the story. Anyway, I got stitched up and was back home in a few hours. Things could have been so much worse, but I'm glad I had my wife by my side. That is a stressful situation to be stuck in. I don't think I would have personally handled that with as much grace and composure as this person did, but it probably really helped that he had a wife that was super okay with it, who didn't panic, and they handled the kids with ease and absolute professionalism, even encouraging them to continue to eat their beans and to still pretend like nothing's wrong, just let daddy bleed on the floor. Overall, this is a really funny situation to be stuck in, and thankfully, it wasn't anything serious. Today, I messed up by losing my temper during an interview because I thought my internet disconnected without me knowing that the interviewers were watching the entire thing go down. This actually happened today, and I feel like crawling into a hole and just passing away. Things have really not been going my way for the past few weeks. Among other things, work is a sinking ship. Four people from my six-person team resigned, effectively leaving my department dead in the water and forcing me to go back to my old department, where I was extremely unhappy. So currently, I'm looking for new work. Last week, a recruiter got in touch with me. They'd found my website and have a UK-based client that needs someone to do their contact and branding, and they liked my work. I was ecstatic and told the recruiter to set up the interview, which was today. I did my homework, and I was ready. The interview was with the founder and the head of marketing. Once we were all on the call, the founder said he was having some connection issues, and there seemed to be some audio issues on the marketing head side as well. I got one of those ring lights so I could look less grotesque in the Zoom meetings and set that up because the interview was quite late in the day for me and the lighting was bad. I plugged the USB for the light into my laptop, which I don't usually do. When I normally use it, I just plug it into the USB port in my desk, which plugs directly into the wall. Also relevant, I live in South Africa and we literally don't have enough electricity for everyone, so we have these rolling blackouts out of nowhere. It's called load shedding. I was aware that my area was supposed to start load shedding at 6 o'clock in the evening and my interview was at 5. Anyway, about two minutes into this interview, the light and my secondary screen just completely go out and I can't see or hear the interviewers anymore. It was at that point I just got so mad and I lost it. This is obviously the worst time for the power to cut. Is it load shedding? Our electricity provider is useless. They're never early on anything, even power cuts. So I figured my small meter must be running empty. Maybe something tripped. So I'm just cursing up a storm and yelling at nobody in particular. I run to the garage to check, but it seems like everything is running as it should. I go back to my work area and the light and screen have come back on and by some miracle I'm back online. So I rejoin the call and apologize to the interviewers. I explain about load shedding and where I live and we talk about how we might mitigate that if I should join the company. Then we talk about my work for a bit. They seem really happy and excited. The interview was scheduled to last 45 minutes, but after 25 they tell me they still have a few more candidates to interview, but they be getting back to me towards the end of the week. I'm a bit bummed out because I did so much prep work for this interview and I feel like the technical issues 
issue really threw me off my game, and I didn't give it my best, but I smile and thank them for their time. Then they say, we like your energy, you really crack us up. I didn't know how to respond to that because I wasn't sure what they meant. They saw me fumble a bit, and then they said, your internet didn't disconnect earlier. We could hear you yelling and cursing. We thought it was hilarious. I think I must have turned red and looked like I was about to cry because they were like, no, we think it's cool because it shows you're authentic and human. Please, please don't feel bad. I apologize profusely, but I think they could tell I was still super upset because they started to say, no, it's really fine. We enjoyed it. Please smile for us. So we know you're okay, which was kind of a weird thing for them to ask me to do, but I just smiled for them and then we ended the interview. I don't know if they were being genuine. I honestly really hope so, and I hope they still consider me. But on the other hand, I hope I never hear from them again and just forget about the whole thing. I still don't know what happened to my electricity. I reckon it had something to do with too many devices connected to my laptop. Either way, I'm horribly embarrassed, and I'm not sure how to handle this. ButcherBox is 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, all humanely raised with no antibiotics or added hormones. And all of that delivered straight to your door with free shipping always. Imagine always having high-quality cuts in your freezer ready to go with no trips to the grocery store or planning out availability and knowing that it's food you can trust. There are curated to customized box plans at incredible value. Saving money at a grocery store is getting more and more difficult, especially when you're trying to get consistently high-quality meat. Sign up at ButcherBox.com jerk and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com jerk and use code jerk to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. That is literally my worst nightmare anytime I'm online in a Zoom call. It would be my living nightmare if this happened to me where I'm in a Zoom call, I think I get disconnected and I freak out because this is a really good job opportunity and I don't want to screw it up. But it sounds like the people he was interviewing with had a good sense of humor and they understood where this person was coming from and sometimes it just happens to be like that. Sometimes you go into a call and you don't expect that you're going to freak out and lose your mind. I mean the original poster was clearly super stressed out so I understand where they're coming from in that regard and I also understand that desperation of trying to find a better job. Being on a team of six people and then having four of those people quit would put pressure on just about anybody and then being forced to go back to your old department whom you despise? That sounds like an absolute nightmare. In my heart though I really hope this is what helps them stand out in getting this job with this UK based company. Nothing would be cooler than having them bring him on board and then him telling everybody that I got hired because I freaked out when I thought my internet disconnected. If anything, he might be able to spin that in such a way to show like, hey I'm really passionate about what I do and I don't want to give up on my clients. So hopefully he gets a second interview and he can try and spin that to his favor. So hopefully things work out and he gets the job because honestly he deserves it. Two entitled parents called me privilege for using a disabled space. For some context, I have a heart condition and a hip condition. I have to use a wheelchair to get around. I can walk, but only for short distances before I either get tired or my hips start hurting. Now, pre-COVID, my parents and I were traveling by train for a hospital trip. Just to check up, nothing serious. I was sitting in a disabled space in my wheelchair, which had a small table and lots of space so I could get out easily. My parents were sitting on the seats beside me, reading magazines and playing games on their phones. I plugged my headphones into my laptop and started watching a movie. This was when the entitled parents came in with a 
ton of luggage and a push chair in tow. The parents started filling up the space around and behind my chair with their luggage. And because I have social anxiety, I didn't know what to do or say, worried that if I did say anything, it would come off as rude. So I just sat there panicking. Thankfully, my mom piped up and very politely said, excuse me, that's a wheelchair space. Please don't put your luggage there. My daughter won't be able to get around if that's in the way, especially if there's an emergency. The entitled mom complained that the bays are full, which wasn't true at all. There was an empty luggage bay very close by that they could have used. My mom explained again that this isn't a luggage space and it's for disabled people. The entitled parents, of course, ignored my mom, took their toddler out of the pushchair and then proceeded to stuff the pushchair behind my wheelchair. My dad basically repeated what my mom had said and then the entitled mother turned around and snapped, well, we have a small child in a pushchair. That's the same thing. We should be entitled to put our pushchair there. After she said this, we told her, we booked this space in advance specifically. We have paid for it. You've paid for your seats and we've paid for this space. My dad followed up by saying, imagine how you would feel if I came along and dumped my luggage by your seats. They continued to argue with my parents until finally the train manager arrived and it turned out that they hadn't actually reserved seats at all. So they were asked to sit in the fold down seats in the corridor with their luggage and pushchair. We thought it was the end of it, but we were wrong. They sat just the other side of the partition door, right in the view and earshot of us and spent the entire hour and a half of the journey complaining about how disabled people are privileged and how we get everything we want like luxury spaces on trains and closed parking spaces. I just had to roll my eyes because I simply couldn't believe it. I simply can't believe it either. I mean, how ridiculously entitled do you have to be to try and invade somebody's disabled handicapped space just to put your luggage and your toddler and your chair only to then turn around and call the person who's using that space entitled? I mean, how terrible of a person are you? I'm not trying to give a harsh judgment here, but if you have the audacity to call somebody who is disabled a privileged person simply because they're in a space that might be a little bit bigger and closer to exits and entrances, then in my opinion, you need a reality check. That person is there because they have some kind of disability that prevents them from getting around or doing specific normal activities like you. They are not privileged for having those spots. It is so necessary that they have those options available. Otherwise, how on earth would they get around? Thankfully, though, these people got put in their place as they should. You don't just go around acting like that and treating people like garbage just because. It is not a good look, and I can only imagine the example you're setting for your kid. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And the next time you live stream, use the Cream of the Crop music. Search Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright-free music to use for your next stream.